Thank you for listening to the Lunch Pail Guys podcast. If you enjoy the show and want to support us, the best ways are to leave a five-star review and subscribe on your favorite platform and follow us on Twitter or Instagram at lunchpailguys underscore. Hello, everybody, and welcome to part two of the 180th week of the Lunch Pail Guys podcast. I'm your host, Aiden, here with Wyatt, Jared, and Bart. No Lucas for part two. Apparently, law school finals are important to him. Um, but anyway. Yeah, apparently. Apparently. I don't, I don't know why, but, you know. <laughs> um, to, to start, we're going to cover some news we missed, particularly around the NFL. Uh, we got Giants, D-Lineman. Dexter Lawrence signed a $90 million four-year contract extension this offseason. It makes him the third highest paid defensive tackle in the NFL. Um, resident Giants fan, thoughts? I mean, I'm lucky we don't have to give him a $100 million contract uh, for a D-tackle. He's a great D-tackle. The D-tackle position is like the modern is, – is like the new – one of the new staples of the modern NFL defense when they, they go three-down linemen and a bunch of hybrids, especially for the defense that the Giants run. So it's good. I think it's a good move. And I like to see, like, this is part of, like, the Dave Gettleman era that we kind of have to hold on to. Like, we're we're almost to a point where, like, everybody else is gone. Leonard Williams will probably be gone at some point. And it's going to be yeah. Dexter Lawrence and Andrew Thomas. And there's going to be four years of Dave Gettleman that, that, that doesn't really show for it. Um, but luckily, like, some of these players are still here. Yeah. Yeah, and who knows? Maybe with the... I don't know, like with the QB market, there'll be a deal that resets the defensive tackle market and like, I don't know. He'll be a like, couple yeah, months, the and this deal will be exactly order. like <laughs> mm-hmm. an absolute steal. Um, our other NFL news we missed is that the Jags could potentially move according to the mayor of Jacksonville. <laughs> Thoughts on to where uh, the Jags might move. I don't know, is there like a market out there that needs a football team? I think we pitched Utah the last time. But even right, then, like, I mean, it's think? probably. I bet you what goes to California. That's my that's my bet. Ugh, They'll be the be Los so Angeles Jaguars, no. probably. Yeah, They'll exactly. all play in the same. <laughs> Another LA team. Yeah, I mean, it's just Santa like Monica, that's yeah, that's how sports teams go. It's like, oh, let's just go to California. Nobody else is doing mm-hmm. that. They'll also play at SoFi and just like yeah, I don't know, play in different time slots. <laughs> yeah. than the other teams. I don't know. If you look at about map, Birmingham. Birmingham, Birmingham, Alabama. Right now, that's football country. Come on. <laughs> that's college football country. Exactly. Alabama would <laughs> never, never heard of the NFL. NFL they're unaware there. that there's yeah. a, there's more a higher league than, than college. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, moving into our first NFL topic of the day, uh, we're going to cover the fact that Lamar Jackson finally got paid. He agreed to a two hundred sixty million dollar extension. Uh, for five years with the Ravens. It makes him the highest paid player in NFL history as of this recording. Uh, but Jackson negotiated the contract himself. It was a, a pretty scrutinized part of this process, but he ended up getting his money. Comes with $185 million in guarantees. Wyatt, did everyone win here? And by everyone, I mean Lamar and the Ravens. Yes, everyone won. Um, the Ravens really had nowhere else to go without Lamar Jackson unless they were uh, – a trade was made prior to this year's NFL draft, and they had to move up and get somebody. 
and we had three quarterbacks go in the top four, or they took Will Levis really late in the draft, mm-hmm. which may or may not went well for them. For Lamar, the Ravens now have now like revamped their personnel to now further blossom his development. Getting Zay Flowers is uh, projected mm-hmm. to be a high-end playmaker that the Ravens' offense lacked outside of Lamar Jackson. Odell, Bateman, and Mark Andrews mm-hmm. provide some sure-handed security for Jackson as he grows as well. And they finally moved off Greg Roman, which notoriously lacked some play-calling depth, which is kind of part of why people judge Lamar Jackson as an undeveloped and unpolished passer. He was, mm-hmm. in a sense, damaged goods to the rest of the league. Uh, whether he was sick or whether he was injured, he had missed some time, notably last year in a crucial crucial spot that I don't think sat well with the rest of the league when it seemed like the Ravens said that he could play and he just kind of decided he wasn't going to. Um, but him getting a contract is a really big deal after all of that. Him kind of staying with the same team is a really big deal, and it would be a disaster for the Ravens to have drafted a quarterback in the first round, get really lucky that pick 32 was him. Um, they maximized his value going all through his first five years with the option as well. And it would have been a disaster to lose him. So I think I, along with a lot of the sports media public, owe Lamar Jackson a big apology for the way that this contract negotiation went and how I judged it. I thought both sides had butchered the entire operation and it would have ultimately resulted in Lamar Jackson being like an Atlanta Falcon at some point. Mm-hmm. I do think it's funny how he turned, apparently the deal he reportedly turned down last year was more guaranteed money than this. <laughs> he Ultimately, it's like, <laughs> was what was he really holding out for? One? Yeah. Yeah. Some people I saw were saying like, oh, he played 40 chess because now like they got a couple new receivers and they fired Greg Roman or Greg Roman left or whatever. So like he he really got what he wanted. He got what he wanted. I think that's ridiculous. <laughs> he was just expecting more money and then he realized he wasn't going to get it. But I agree with you. They both won. I just think that's funny. Like he could have accepted this a year ago and then there would have been no drama and we still would have been in the same place. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Do we think now that he does have the the new weapons, he's He's tossing out numbers in terms of 6,000 yards for the season he's going to throw, or that that's what at least he's going for. Um, do we expect a different Lamar now that he actually has weapons, given that that's been kind of the, the, the asterisk during his whole career is that they don't really have anybody? Well, passing yards aren't necessarily created equal. Like, didn't Peyton Manning <laughs> broke the passing record by throwing, like, a bubble screen? And the guy took it like <laughs> like thirty yards or whatever, like it like it's not exactly the sense that he has to throw um, for six thousand yards organically, like with a bunch of airtime. I also don't mm-hmm. think he is the quarterback that could throw six thousand yards. I think that that's Mahomes. Mm-hmm. I think that's more likely Josh Allen from a volume standpoint, um, and I think maybe Joe Burrow with a healthy offensive line, uh, Herbert too probably. Yeah, toss it in. There. That's not the QB that you are asking Lamar Jackson to be or really want him to be given his tools, right? Yeah. Like mm-hmm. he can be an effective passer and I imagine he's going to be a better passer this year with Zay Flowers and Odell and whatnot. But he's always going to have an element of his game that a Mahomes is going to have less of or a Herbert is going to have less of. Yeah. I didn't realize this. I was looking at his stats and he has never really even come close to matching his MVP season in 2019. So I, I, I like 
the talent that he's had to work with hasn't been all that different over the years, I feel like. So mm-hmm. I, I hope for his sake that he comes back to that. I, I, I'm optimistic that he will. Um, I just I'm not I'm not convinced that it's like that. I guess that it's that simple. Yeah. Even then, yeah, he has to. I mean, he's not getting six thousand, but he have to double his output if he wanted if he wanted to get to six thousand. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he only exactly. threw, yeah. he only threw for three thousand that year, which is pretty low. Yeah. Yeah. And he hasn't got. Are you to optimistic, Bart, about that? Or do you do you think he will revisit those heights? It just kind of feels to me like it, he won't, even if he he'll be better than he has been like last year or the year before i think he's not gonna get hurt she's gonna stay yeah, healthy i was gonna say that's the, the problem yeah. and i think part of the the mvp discussion is narrative driven when it comes to players like mm-hmm. lamar jackson coming out in 2018 he had really low expectations and then his first year as a full-time starter was re- really dynamic i think he i, I want to say he had a thousand rushing yards that season as well or at least he came really close um and it was like way better than we thought people thought like he couldn't throw at all and all of a sudden they have a fantastic record and he's way better than we expect i think at this point he's like always let us down and it's become really hard for him to really shine in the eyes of the nfl so as far as like truly revisiting mvp expectations i don't know about that do i think he can throw for three thousand yards again i do um, I think his mm-hmm. goal should be four thousand, or maybe forty five hundred, and not six. Sounds good. Yeah, <laughs> yeah he ran for twelve hundred yards that year, MVP yeah. year. The next year he ran for a thousand as well, actually. But okay. yeah. he's just shooting for the the stars, landed on the moon. If he gets four thousand, yeah, yeah, might as well shoot. What's, what's the harm in targeting six thousand? Yeah, <laughs> go for ten. <laughs> Yeah. I like the idea of just a reporter asks you and just throwing out a number like, yeah, 50,000. <laughs> we'll see. We're going to make it happen. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, we've just... seen, yeah, quarterback after quarterback become the highest paid player in NFL history um, in some, I don't know, in, in some way, shape or form. How long is Lamar's status going to last and who's next? It might not last this offseason, <laughs> honestly. Yeah. It's, it's Joe Burrow or Herbert. I think, yeah, yeah, I don't know if Herbert... Herbert might, just because of the way the dynamics work, I don't know if that'd be deserved, but Burrow definitely, definitely There's will. There's no way the Chargers wouldn't do that. Like, Herbert could like be like, I just give me a blank check. I don't think that they would be, like, they're not like a franchise that has a lot to hold on to. They don't even play in their <laughs> own stadium. Like, they, they, they share a stadium with somebody else. They have a notoriously cheap owner. Their head coach is teetering. I don't think he's very good. Um, and then they finally land a franchise quarterback – and it's like, oh, we'll just let him walk because we don't want to pay him. Ironically, though, the Bengals and the Chargers are the next two quarterbacks probably going to be up. Also have two of like, the cheapest owners in the NFL. <laughs> and they probably are going to have to pay a uh, pretty penny for this. Mm-hmm. They're even talking. Apparently, there's rumors that I, I don't think it'll exceed like annual contract value. But uh, the Chiefs want to revisit the Mahomes contract and pay him more for some reason. Pay him more? yeah well i saw somebody say that like that's kind of part of the deal where he signs a 10-year contract and every every certain amount of years they go to restructure it a lot of contracts Mm. are put in a way that like dak prescott's contract was built in a way that like they were going to have to restructure in two years so they would probably do it the same way with uh patrick Mahomes. 
Just have a part of the contract that you need to be the highest paid player in the NFL. So anytime a new contract lands, you just get that plus, I don't know, a dollar. Mm-hmm. Or so. <laughs> mm-hmm. But anyways, moving on uh, to our state of segment. We've been doing each week um, a, a full-on analysis of each team in the NFL, where they're at now, where they're headed. Um, we've started from the, the worst teams in the NFL um, we're going towards the best. We're kind of in middle of the pack territory right now uh, with the Panthers up next. Panthers obviously had a, a big offseason or a big draft at least. Uh, and Bart, we're going to start with you. What should we expect from the Panthers and Bryce Young's rookie year? I think they're going to be a little bit better than last year. I don't think they're going to be much better than last year. <laughs> um, if you look at what they like, what, what were their flaws last season? Um, they went seven and ten, right? They finished second in the NFC South. Uh, a lot of it was quarterback play, for sure, right? They had like Sam Darnold, uh, PJ Walker, and Baker, and all of those guys were like average at best. And their offense ended up being like very underwhelming, below average. They had a really good run game, and then what did they do? They released Dante Foreman as well. So I don't really know what their plan is with that. <laughs> and then their defense also uh, was quite bad last year. They were fifteenth in EPA, nineteenth in points allowed. They had one of the worst pass rushes in the league. So then what did they do this offseason to address it? Uh, they signed a lot of guys, right? They signed DJ Chark and Adam Thielen. They got Hayden Hurst, tight end. They got Miles Sanders from the Eagles. They signed Andy Dalton. Obviously, we know he's the starter right now, quote-unquote. And <laughs> as you mentioned, Aiden, they had a good draft because they got Bryce Young. And then they also drafted a receiver. Um, the bad news, though, like I mentioned, they lost Foreman. Uh, they also traded away DJ Moore as part of that package to get the first overall pick, right? And then they didn't really address their defense at all. They signed Von Bell, and then they uh, drafted an edge who may or may not ever contributing, and that's like, that's it. So to me, it's basically like a lot hinges, maybe too much hinges on Bryce Young, right? Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, he's not going to stay as the quarterback too, or at least I'd be shocked if he did. Uh, their offensive line is solid, so at least there's something there, and they bring all their starters back, so there's consistency. I think, you know, you're not really replacing DJ Moore as a stud, but like, Chark plus Thielen plus Hurst is a pretty good trio. Um, but, like, I was curious about this, so I looked into it. I was wondering when the last time a top 10 quarterback had a winning record. Uh, sorry, a top 10 drafted quarterback mm-hmm. had a winning record. And you actually have to go back to RG3 and Andrew Luck in 2012. Mm-hmm. It hasn't happened since then. Not when Baker Mayfield broke the record for touchdowns or, or was it yards. Not when Herbert rebroke it. So my point is... Even if you think Bryce Young is going to be really, really good, which I don't think he's going to be all that good as a rookie, the Panthers will still probably be underwhelming just because that t- that's the tendency when you have these rookie quarterbacks coming in and starting right away. So I think my prediction is that, you know, I already booked that the Falcons are going to win the NFC South, <laughs> so I can't walk that back now. Um, <laughs> but I, I, <laughs> I booked a caveated one, and then Aiden convinced me to just book the whole thing. Oh, um, yeah, I, I think that they're going to be fighting with the Saints for second in the division. I can see them being better than 7-10, and 10, maybe like you know, 8 or 9 wins, but I, I think they're, they're still going to be battling for second place in the NFC South, and they're not going to be, you know, they're not going to be one of those top teams quite yet. I feel like what potentially sets them apart, though, from a, the usual team that's drafting like a top five QB is that they traded up, right? Like, yep. Not that they were amazing last year, but they did kind of have a, a burst towards the end and a little bit of momentum. Um, so mm-hmm. I feel like if they were seven and 10 last year, can I see, have they done all that much to address say, yeah, the defense and whatnot? No, but I could still see them ending up with a winning record, especially in their 
division. Mm. Yeah. So, do you do you have high expectations for Bryce? <laughs> yeah, I guess so. I think I, th- I think he'll be good. Um, the same way, like I think he'll be one of the best rookie QBs we've seen in in recent years, at least since like the the Herbert Burrow was that the same class. Um, like yeah, yes, yeah, yes. definitely, definitely better than last year with Kenny Pickett. Um, but I feel like it's it's more so going to be a function of the fact that I have no idea who's coming out of the NFC South. Like literally no idea. I don't think it's going to be the Bucks, but I think the all the others are kind of a spin the wheel, and we'll see what happens. Because um, it could be the Falcons, yeah. Um, but the the Saints have a shot, and if Bryce Young is solid, um, if Bryce Young is good. That's going to be a huge improvement over their quarterback play last year and could be enough to, to win them. I, I just wish they'd done more to help their defense. But that's yeah, you're, you're, totally, you're yeah. totally right. It could be. <laughs> but I don't know. We've also seen enough like top three quarterbacks really struggle early on. Uh, yeah, I guess. Yeah, it's totally a lot of people like him a lot as a prospect. So I think it's yeah. fair to say he's going to be one of the best rookie quarterbacks. He processes seen. at an NFL level speed bar. Come on. Yeah, no. Frank Reich said that, right? <laughs> like Peyton Manning or something like that. <laughs> that does help. Uh, Peyton having... Manning's rookie year was super good. <laughs> you know what also that... helps? Seeing over your lineman's head. I'm totally <laughs> oh, my gosh. Little step stool. <laughs> it does. I think Frank Reich, though, has been a pretty solid, has gotten pretty solid quarterback play. Um, out of his, uh, other than Matt Ryan, obviously it was terrible, but I'm not gonna hold that on him too much. Um, so that's like a lot better than going into like a like Matt Rule, who was if if he was returning would still be like very unproven, for example. Um, so it's like a, it's not Kyle Shanahan, but it seems like a pretty good system to go into. Yeah. Yeah, and on the like Frank Reich side, I feel like he's from what I've heard, he's assembled a pretty serious staff of guys. Like Jim Caldwell's on the staff. Their defensive coordinator is like a big rising star. I forget what his name is, but I feel like they have kind of lined up a like a serious contending looking coaching staff at least. Um, so I'll give them props there, even if I feel like the the hire as a whole, it seemed like they didn't move need to move on from their interim coach. Mm. Yeah, uh, I think we'll probably see a level of production from Bryce Young to what like Mac Jones's first year looked like. He's obviously way more dynamic than Mac Jones is. And there's going to be more plays that look like it. But I think we should expect him to come in polished, smart, ready to go. Um, he, he knows the offense well, but as far as like what they have around him, I do think that there's going to be limitations in like, I, I mean like adding Adding Adam Thielen and like Hayden Hurst and DJ Chark, I suppose is nice. If you had DJ Moore on that team, be like, oh, well, you know, those complement DJ Moore well. Now you're adding like a bunch of like number twos and number threes to support them and act like number ones. And I think that that's going to cause some sort of wall, no matter how good they are. Similar, like, I guess let's say the best case scenario, they're probably like the Giants were last year. Well coached. They execute their offense well. Um, they they do a lot of things right. They kind of win close games. And then there are times where there's a lot of limitations to what they have. Their defense is severely limited. Their offense is severely limited. And their only goal is to, like, outcoach somebody and win, like, the possession game, basically. 
And I think that that's what I would expect from the Panthers this year. Yeah, the ceiling's only so high. But maybe high enough for the NFC South. Mm-hmm. We'll see. Yeah. Do we have feelings on whether Bryce is going to win Rookie of the Year or whether we're taking the field? I'm taking Bryce. Take I'm the taking field. the field. Mm. Yeah. If you're taking the field, are you just taking CJ Stroud or? I I think one of the running backs or like maybe even mm. Zay like Zay Flowers, a receiver, could go off as well. I honestly maybe. I feel like it's almost easier for a rookie non-quarterback to win it. Uh, just because rookie quarterbacks struggle so much is all. Like, really? Like if, if the like the Lions are a high octane offense, if they just feed Gibbs, like I couldn't you see him putting up like really like, strong numbers? I feel like though, even when when they have a, a bad year, they still give it to a quarterback. <laughs> yeah. Like when Justin Jefferson had his like huge rookie season, they're like, eh, we're gonna give it to his Justin Herbert. Which Justin Herbert season. had a good. Yeah, I mean Herbert. Yeah. Herbert was not a bad quarterback that year though. Yeah. But who are some that I'm looking at? I'm looking it up now. I just don't know. If, like, yeah. There's not a wide receiver like Garrett Wilson was last year that I could say, okay, like that's the guy. Yep. Um, there's not necessarily a quarterback that like uh, Justin Herbert or Joe Burrow where it's like that's the guy. Uh, I think that this year it's kind of up in the air. I do think that people are going to be enamored with Bijan Robinson. I also think mm-hmm. that there's going to be a part of it it's like, He's going to have a play where he breaks four tackles and runs for three yards, and everyone's going to be like, wow. Like, look at, look at him go. Generational type. Pro- yeah, yeah, like exactly. Saquon Barkley would do that. He'd run from sideline to sideline for a pickup of four, and then everyone's like, oh, my God, that's incredible. It just, it's, four like, yards, four some yards is hard earned in the NFL, though. You do that three times, you got a first down. <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah. I buy the Bijan argument because i feel like they already have the falcons already had a good rushing attack so it's not like he's going into a, a mm-hmm. team that's gonna have a totally crappy offensive line and whatnot for that so it would be funny if he ends up having kind of a similar season to what's his name from last year tyler algier mm-hmm. or whatever um and just based on narrative he's gonna get more buzz for rookie <laughs> of the year but yeah we'll see Jared, to your point about the historically, if Justin Jefferson hadn't been robbed, we'd have three straight non-quarterbacks. <laughs> Even then, we have that's true. F- four of the past six were not were non-quarterbacks. So again, that's a convenient cutoff t- to where the line is between a quarterback and a non-quarterback. But still, Even before that, though, no, you're six? right because it was Todd after Dak Prescott. Then it was Todd Gurley, Odell Beckham Jr., Eddie Lacy. Like, no, nah. oh yeah, Eddie Lacy. Yeah, Eddie Lacy in 2013. Interesting. Also, I was going to say one really funny thing about like the rookie quarterback stat is that Mahomes didn't play as a rookie, but in his first season, he was like 12 and 4 or whatever. So, like stuff like that, Mahomes probably would have been rookie of the year as well if he had actually played, but they just didn't let him. Yeah. So, worked out. It, it, it always <laughs> context matters. <laughs> he would have been terrible if he actually played, though. It was the whole sitting behind somebody for, you know. The more years you sit behind somebody, the better you That's end up. So being. dumb. That's I'm so sour. sick of people saying that, too. <laughs> I know you're being. Um, I know you're satire when you're saying it, but like some people genuinely believe get him in, sit him for a year, watch him develop behind a pro. And it's like, there's no proof. Like Jordan Love has been sitting for the last four years and nobody <laughs> believes in him. So well, Daniel Jones sat for a little bit and whatever. 
Made him rich. Look at him now. Yes. Shoot. Yeah. Shoot. Just like exactly when Jordan Love wins MVP. I was about to say rookie of the year. I guess he can't win rookie of the year. No, he's that window's over. Dude, stop. If the Packers go from MVP <laughs> quarterback to MVP quarterback to third MVP quarterback, <laughs> I would actually ball my eyes out. It's just not fair. <laughs> yeah. Thankfully, he's going to be trash. <laughs> well, you know what isn't trash? This podcast. If you enjoyed this, even if you think this podcast was trash, just give us a five-star review on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, wherever you listen subscribe you can also follow us on twitter or instagram at lunchpailguys underscore let us know how we did and if any feedback on topics we should discuss later and we hope to hear uh that or we hope that you tune in next week 